This is the Reclaiming Families podcast. It is our goal to expose the lies that undermine, erode, and destroy the family while discovering and reclaiming God's design for gender, marriage, family, and sexuality. So join us for open conversation about the struggles and joys of reclaiming families. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Hey, as always, we want to remind you that we're on Instagram and Facebook, and we would love to get your follow. So if you will go, if you could get your phone out right now if you wanted to, hop on Instagram and follow Reclaiming Families. Give us a like on Facebook. But most importantly, rate and review this podcast. Um, share it with your friends. We would love for the word to get out, but this is a special little shout out. There's been someone, we don't know who, listening to us faithfully from South Africa. And so if that is you, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a direct message on Instagram and, you know, we want to say hi. Yeah, or message us on reclaimingfamilies.com. And, yeah, uh, you can do yourself. that. There's so. a little contact us. We get the email. So that's right. And so, hey, today we have a special guest. We have a um, good friend of mine, a man among men, and uh, <laughs> a man with a he. Ha- this man has a big heart, yeah. um, just for other people, and uh, um, especially the Amachi program. And just uh, he's just one heck of a guy, one heck of a man. And so we have JP Dewey, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit today mm-hmm. about. A program called Imachi, mm-hmm. and so and but, mentoring. It's a mentor. It's a mentoring program. Yeah. And so, uh, um, I guess you know. First question for you, JP, is um, tell us a little bit about yourself, and yeah. then uh, kind of what is Imachi? Yeah. Well, first, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, I'm glad mean, to have you. And that's uh, that's a a very kind introduction, um, but. I'm I'm James Paul Dooley. Uh, I was born in Tennessee, um, in Nashville. Uh, I've lived, lived in Tennessee my whole life. Moved to Knoxville about three years ago for a program called the Knoxville Fellows Program, and that is a faith-based leadership program here in, uh, in Knoxville. And uh, you work full time, and you take seminary classes. You get um, a master's degree, and you also live with thirteen other young Christian professionals. And so it's a really cool opportunity, and that's the reason why I'm here in Knoxville. Um, and uh, I come from a pretty large family, so I I'm the eldest of five children. Um, and, uh, yeah. Cool. So, Amachi, it sounds like you got connected with Amachi through the Fellows Program. Is that right? right? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about Amachi? Yeah. So, Amachi is a mentorship program for kids who have a parent in prison, in the correctional system, um, and that's their primary target group. Um, so we're talking about, you know, the fatherless and, and a lot of times the motherless too. Mm-hmm. 
Good. So the mentoring then is they're trying to set up, is it always a believer or do you know like how they kind of make those um, connections with people? They, uh, so, so I believe it is a faith-based program, but you don't have to be a believer to be a mentor. Okay. Um, might need to fact check me on that, but okay. um, it's been a while since I've um, since I've been interviewed, and uh, but it is a faith based program. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was I was just thinking like one of the reasons I like I don't know much about Imachi, and this is one of the reasons we brought JP on today. But I was just thinking about the connection between this mentoring program and reclaiming families and. And, uh, and just, you know, I was just, yeah, I'd like to get some of your thoughts mm -hmm. on it, but you know, and my thoughts was like, you know, we need, um, you know, in order to have, you know, a good family to be a good dad, like you have mm -hmm. to have, you know, you have to be built to be a man. Like, I don't think you come out of the womb necessarily, uh, ready to go, you know, and be a great father, great mother. And, uh, and so we're all in this process of becoming great men, great women, in order to, you know, by God's grace, you might be single all your life, but or you might have a family. Mm -hmm. Somebody might have a family. And uh, as I just see, this is a, just a great opportunity to, uh, you know, show some, like for, uh, for your case, like show somebody what a man looks like while his parents are not around. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. uh, and so I think this program is very powerful, very it's just very encouraging. And so, it is. I don't know, what do you... Uh, How do you uh, see it fitting in with reclaiming families? Um, so for for the kid that I'm mentoring right now, um, he, he hasn't seen his biological father in a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, he was raised primarily by his great-grandmother and his ants so they're very strong women uh, Miss Betty is a very strong strong lady uh, and his and his 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 aunts are also extremely strong capable women um, but he doesn't have many examples of what it means to be a man in his life yeah. or what that looks like and so think that the way that I see my specific role helping reclaim families is by giving Stephen an example of what it means to be responsible, uh, to be gentle, um, and yet strong, and uh, and I don't do this perfectly by any stretch of the imagination. I right. shoot fire. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and there's been so many times that Stephen has seen my flaws over and over again. Um, but through it all, I've really tried to maintain a, um, a consistency and an and openness with them. Yeah. So that when I do say something or do something that I'm not proud of in front of them that I, you know, I own up to it quick 
and I don't try and hide it, and I try and point it back to Christ somehow. Um, and so he sees a lot of my flaws. Um, like the other week, I forgot to register my tags on my car, and we were driving in my car. We get pulled over by the cops. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, that's the first time that he's ever gotten pulled over by the cops in my car. <laughs> but, you know, I, I told him that that was something that I needed to handle, and I did the next day, and it's all good now. But things like that, you know, just yeah, that's fun. things like that. You know, uh, I think it's Rosaria Butterfield in her, the... Um, the gospel home to the house key or something like that. Mm. She talks about in that book, how repentance in front of the lost world is one of the, mm. the biggest, um, That's cool. like, cause you know, nobody is perfect. And so like when Christians kind of come with that, I'm perfect mentality, mm. then it's really more of a, it's fake. It's fake. Yeah. yeah. And so when people see you yeah. be vulnerable and repent. And so mm. it's like, yeah, he's getting a good view of what masculinity yeah. Should be. So that's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you use a word like, you know, masculinity and you put together with responsibility. Uh-huh. And it's, right. uh, yeah, it's like, I really see like JP, you really do. You embody that very well. And like, <laughs> for example, like you are you, taking responsibility to mentor this young man. And, yeah. uh, and so it's very masculine. It's very, very exciting. How did you decide to start? Um, with Amachi, like what? What made you? Say, I'm sure there's other things you could have done, maybe, or did you have to do Amachi? Or and nope. it's a, it's a uh, big commitment too. Yeah, yeah. So. The commitment is um, is ideally until the student is 18. Yeah, and graduates high school. And mm-hmm. how old was he when he started? Stephen was 12, about to turn 13. He was uh, two or three months away from turning 13, and he just turned 16 last uh, in May. Cool. So year. you're committing to five years. Yeah. Yeah, at least. Yeah. That's so, right. That's right. That's right. Um, but the way that I was matched up with him is uh, for part of the Knoxville Fellows Program, you have to do some type of service or um, you have to pick an organization to link up with. And one of the men that I was in the program with was already a mentor with Amachi, and he explained what it was and his experience with it. And I've always had a heart for the fatherless. Mm. Um, I think that because I grew up with a very strong father in the household, and it impacted me so much, and he wasn't perfect, but having that presence um, in my life really did shape me into the man that I am today. And without that, I don't know what type of dude I'd be. And so, uh, especially young boys who don't have that presence in their life, that's just a really soft, tender spot in my heart. Mm. And I see someone in that position in life, someone without... um, a present father figure or a, a strong male role model in their life is um, something that I'm passionate about seeing change. And uh, yeah, and so I reached out to them and they 
got back with me really quick, and that whole process uh, began, and they uh, they matched me up with uh, with the the boy that I'm I'm with now, and uh, yeah, and so that's how we kind of met. That's uh. That's pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I said to, something too along the lines of like, man, you 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 know, you're committing to, to five years or something like that. And, yeah. And it kind of sounds negative, you know, in, mm. in some regard. But it's it's it sounds like it's not been. You know, like, oh man, I've got to commit to five years. But you're like, man, right. I get to commit to five I years. I get to commit what, to five years. That's yeah, that's exactly like. right. Because you think about this type of work, it trust doesn't develop overnight. Mm. especially the kind of trust that um, gives you the ability to speak into that person's life to um, to to see change happen um, that kind of trust takes years to develop and I really think that something I've seen over the past several years is that the Lord has really wired me for that type of long-term work where it takes several years and, and invested consistent effort um, in mentorship. I think that the Lord has really wired me up for like that, uh, or, or work like that. Um, and so the way that I see it is a positive thing because yeah. you have all that time to get to know uh, your mentee to get to know his family, his unique situation in life. Um, I think it's great. Yeah. So you talked about building trust, and I know that it sounds like you've been together for three years, yeah. and it's probably taken a lot of turns and a lot mm -hmm. of different like parts I don't know what I'm trying to say but different like seasons of your relationship I guess yeah. and so what have some of those seasons been if I don't know if you could like pinpoint them or not but mm. um and so, what it what it looked like to build trust too yeah so at the beginning he was 12 and we weren't able to have a lot of really meaningful conversations probably for the first year and a half or two years i think i remember seeing you in market square one day um, around. yeah I think we were together yeah. yeah and uh you'd been like playing pool with him or something <laughs> yeah. up in the wall that's so. right that's right yeah i was like initially like like hey you know he's probably thinking hey who are you mm -hmm. you know like this guy's just showed up yeah hey we're gonna hang out that's probably all right I don't and know. he's 12 and he's 12 he's 12 yeah, so. yeah. and so that and and we still do fun stuff every week together, and so it's not like that's changed a whole lot. But that first year is really you showing the person you're with that you're committed to them, yeah, and that you're not going, not going anywhere. anywhere. Yeah, good. because they've had people um, in my unique situation. He's had people come in and out of his life a lot. And so to have a consistent presence is something that is, he doesn't have a reference for uh, something that I know um, he craves, but um, he just doesn't have. And so proving that you're going to be there, that you can be trusted, that you're not going to hurt him, 
um, yeah, I think that was what the first year looked like. And so we did a lot of, you know, fun stuff together. He uh, loves to play ping pong, man. We, we cook together. Um, God, we watched so many movies together. Uh, went to the gym, swam, went camping. I mean, there's just, you, you have to invest a lot of time in the beginning and 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 still but you have to prove that you're not going to be going anywhere that's good so in light of that have you seen any challenges that like you know at the beginning it sounds like building trust letting you know you're not leaving yeah. is like was the main challenge but have there been other challenges that you guys have seen uh-huh. um as time's gone on yeah yeah but i think that the nuances of family life have become more more noticeable and um, I think that the challenge now is things like school and helping him out with his classes or um, helping him think through you know trying to make friends in high school mm. or uh, what uh, to do to make some money on the side or what to do about the negative things he might be feeling or, you know, just different things like that. Um, those are some things that pop up and that you have the opportunity to um, address and to help him work through. And the beautiful thing about it is that I, is that I don't think that you know, Stephen will remember 97% of what I say. Right. He's like, he really won't remember a whole lot of what I tell him or encourage him with. But he'll remember the presence in his life. And he'll remember the experiences that we shared. And that's what I believe is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, if I was his grandma, I'd probably be kissing you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, thank you so much yeah. for for helping, you know, with all those, like, like, hey, he's he's becoming a man. Like, he's, like, he's, on, I think, 15 years old. Like, you really are. You're trying to make your own decisions. You're, yeah. you know, you are really, you know, society might want to keep you a, a boy until you're 25, you yeah. know, but, like, that's the age where you're really starting to make some big decisions. And, yeah. And I think it's huge yeah. to have, you know, a great man like you to speak into some of that stuff. Yeah, and the other thing is that, like, is that I've really been humbled by just seeing how selfless his grandmother is and how much she has just served him and loved him and taken him in and given him a home and that stability um, when no one else would. Um, and so... To be honest, I've learned just as much from talking to Miss Betty as I have from spending time with Stephen. You That's know, cool. even though she's she's a lot older than me, yeah. Um, those times that we talk, like I was just talking to her, um, we talked for about two hours this week, and uh, praying over Stephen and his future, and praying over um, just. Their family, 
and mm-hmm. and crying together. And it's moments like those that I um, that I'm really humbled by too. Because almost like you're getting to be a part of something that is a lot bigger than mm-hmm. than who you are. That's right. And, That's right. And you are getting to, in a lot of ways, reclaim families because I can imagine. Mm-hmm. A lot of what you said, it's like you're helping him, you know, learn how to make friends in high school and you're helping him with homework and helping him kind of navigate negative feelings. I can mm-hmm. imagine that's a lot of things that your dad was doing Yeah. for you all That's right. when you were growing up. And so it's kind of like you're getting to come in and play this mm-hmm. role of, of a father in, in his life or a, like a, a spiritual father or yeah. something. And so that's it, neat. Yeah, and it's things like, you know, my car broke down the other day and my battery wasn't working. And Stephen happened to be there. So you get to bring him in on things like that. And we fixed the car battery together That's and cool. reattached the coupling. And uh, so bringing him in on just different activities in my life, whatever it is, and, um, and just bringing him along, you know? Yeah. So I do have a question. So you were talking about. At the beginning of the relationship, he's 12. It's a lot of building trust, building trust. But then you were saying that now your relationship is um, like helping him navigate a lot of like, it's, I guess mm. I'm assuming you all are talking about relationships at school. We are. And you're talking about, you know, the future and mm. you're talking about like kind of deeper things going on in him. And so mm. how did it go from just keep showing up? We're playing ping pong we're playing pool to where you're able to have those kind of conversations <laughs> that's a great question i i don't know how it happened i think that one moment that stands out in my mind and probably one of the most rewarding moments since mentoring him was last month actually and we were at my house and i was teaching him how to cook red beans and rice because it's super easy to make and uh, so we finished making it or whatever, and we're about to eat. I'm like, oh, you know, let's let's pray, Stephen. And I asked him to pray. And and I believe that was the first time that I had, had asked him to pray. Um, and he looked at me and he said, how do I pray? And so I had the opportunity to tell him, well, this is, you know, you thank God for the food and you thank God for something else in your life that you are thankful for. And um, and I was able to kind of walk him through what that looks like. Um, and so he prayed and it was um, the first time that I had heard him pray. And then after that, we're, we're about to eat and he looks up and he says, you know, JP, I got to begin praying more. And I looked over at him and I said, why do you say that, Stephen? Because it was kind of out of left field. Um, and, and so we began to talk about what it means to live a praying life and what it means to be a Christian. And because like, we began to talk about what it means to follow Christ and First uh, John came to mind um, how that entire book is like a litmus test of true belief. Mm. And so we walked through the book of 
first John together in that moment. And I was able to say, you know, this is what a Christian's life is supposed to look like, and this is what a Christian's life is supposed to look like, and this and this. And he read from the Bible, and I would try and explain it as best as I could. And, um, and at the end of it, you know, we, um, you know, I think that that was the first time in three years that I had had the opportunity to really talk to him about what it means to be a Christian just because, um, because either he uh, just didn't quite understand what I was trying to say or um, the timing wasn't right or just a lot of different things. But that was the first time that I was able to clearly explain, hey, these are the things that characterize a Christian life. And, uh, and then asking the, the question at the end of it, um, is this something that is attractive to you? Is, is, is this something that you would like your life to look like too? And he was really quiet, and so I kind of left it there. And we haven't talked about it since, but that seed has been planted. And, and that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's just that consistency. It sounds like you are doing your normal life. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, we pray before meals and, yeah. and then it's just the, hey, do you want to? And it just sparks something in him yeah. to where. And yeah. so it sounds like in this mentoring relationship, and I don't know if you know of others' experiences, but it really is just the consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in college ministry, we're always talking about life on life. And, you know, that's not a college ministry term. That's everywhere. But it's just, mm. you're just sharing your life with him. And it, yeah. it goes somewhere. It's not rocket science, people. That's yeah, right. it's, it's what... It's not rocket science. If a dude like me, who has a speech impediment and 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 can, like, six his foot in the mouth 95% of the time that I talk, it's like, if someone like me, if the Lord can use... Uh, someone like me who just kind of bumbles through life, then he can use anyone. Yeah. Really it's, it's encouraging. I, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been thinking like, I was actually reading this book like, and, uh, or listen to an audio and it's about how to pass your values on to your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, you know, just like you said, like they said, one of the things you do is you just have regular conversations. Yeah, and then they end lots up lots of little ones, lots of little conversations, and yeah. uh, that's exactly what you're doing. Lots of little conversations. And so that's it's, it. It's, yeah, it ain't rocket science. You heard it from you know. <laughs> <JP. It's laughs> but what are so, so you mentioned that was like a really rewarding moment. Can you pinpoint yeah, any yeah. other moments that were just like man, like where you you know he goes home and you're just like I can't believe that just happened. That was awesome, or mm-hmm. just any other moments that stick out to you. Yeah, I think the first time I told them that I loved them was this year. And that was um, rewarding to hear him say that he loved me back. Yeah, that's cool. That was really rewarding. And then um, to be able to, you know, pray with Miss Betty, like when we talk, or to help her out around the house, you know, things like that. Um, Being able to be part of another family and to know that they trust me and that they depend on me and that they love me too 
is simultaneously humbling beyond belief that they would welcome me in like that. And um, there's a sense of responsibility that, you know, to the best of my ability, I'm not going to let them down. Yeah. I'm not. So. That's cool. um, Yeah, I think that those things are just extremely rewarding in this process. I mean, do you foresee you and him being, like, friends for a lifetime at this point? Steven will be a part of my life in one way or another for the rest of my life, yeah. That's awesome. We have too much emotional currency, I think, invested in the relationship at this point to say any different. Um, and I love Steven, and I tell him about it. Every time that I see him now, I tell him that I love him and that I'm here for him. And, um, and he knows that. He knows that very well. And so I make a point to do that. That's cool. That's encouraging. Okay, so, you know, uh, like, Hillary and I are thinking about, okay, should should we do the Amati program? Mm. You know, and, uh, and so we are in a little different boat. You are single. Yeah. Right? And we are married with a little girl. Uh, yeah. And so... I think time is, you know, probably a little bit different. Yeah, um, very different. Dude, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. That's right. And, so, and we can too. We just yeah. have to, you know, kind of. think about it, right? We're, yeah. we're doing it together, right? We're, uh, yeah. uh, we have to, you know, plan our schedule, you know, to do what we want to do. And so, uh, um, yeah, what would you say to someone like us who's kind of on the fence of mentoring someone? Well... I would say that it's going to take time. Um, it's I would I would encourage I would encourage just about everyone that I talk to to be involved in some type of mentorship for someone younger than them or someone um, who's less fortunate than them. Uh, I think that there's just a treasure in being able to serve someone knowing that though they can't serve you back i think that jesus really modeled that when he left heaven to serve us by living a perfect life dying on a cross and and rising victoriously i think that he modeled that and the way that these relationships works is that you invest a lot, you show up a lot, you're there a lot, you become a part of, uh, or, or you hope to become a part of that family. Uh, and you do it all without really expecting anything in return. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a really special place to be, I think. I think. Go ahead. Well, I was thinking, like, I think one of my big hesitations mm. is, like, you know, in, I actually talked to the, one of the people at Amachi, and she was like, I don't think it's like that, but, you know, where you've gotten to invite Steven to do, like, all of these kind of, like, cool things yeah. with you, or, like, you know, you just kind of get to hang out on a Friday night, or, 
you know, I feel like it would be lame almost where it's like, oh, oh come over to our house. I cannot believe you use the L word. <laughs> We're eating dinner at 5.30 again and half <laughs> times at 7, you know, yeah. where like it almost feels like I, I don't, I wouldn't want for someone to kind yeah. of feel gypped like, yeah. Oh, well, they're a, a part of the program and uh, they're going camping and then. Sure. I'm hanging out. I got with, the married people with kids. And I'm yeah. with the littles yeah. and we're eating spaghetti squash again tonight. You know? <laughs> no, you know, I think that even that, I think that the, uh, man, just the love and the service and the joy, laughter that they would be able to see in those moments, um, I don't think that could ever get old. Yeah. And uh, so, especially if, the kid, you know, doesn't have a strong home life, and they haven't really experienced the, the warmth of what a home looks like when it's when it's filled with love and care. That's something that they'll probably really jump at the opportunity. He's like, "You're telling me that I get to eat spaghetti squash with Hillary and Randy and Ellie, and uh, and I get to." Just be loved by them, you know, for like an hour or two every week. That's great. Yeah. So um, I think the whole uh, the whole idea that you have to be doing something cool is just uh, not true. I think some of the times that Stephen will probably remember the most is when we're doing just random things like I don't know, just random things. Um, those are probably be the times that he rem- rem- remembers the most. Yeah, it's like fixing the car or fixing the car getting or pulled over getting for his pulled first over time. or like, you know, cooking a dinner together or you know, going camping when you have time for like a night, you know, things like that. It's just Yeah. Yeah. And this is a random question, but now he's turning 16. Are you playing any part in his learning to drive oh yeah i put it behind the wheel <laughs> i put it behind the wheel of my little 2006 honda civic and we've been uh tearing it up in the school parking lots after hours <laughs> um so yeah he's been slowly learning to drive don't trust him on the road yet i don't think i'll ever trust him completely on the road yet but i'm yeah He's learning. So, you know, another part of him getting in your life, like you said, you come from a big family. Yeah. You're one of five. Mm-hmm. And so has he gotten to come, like, to do anything with, because I'm thinking, like, mm-hmm. you know, if it were us, you know, my mom lives here, Randy's family lives mm-hmm. um, in Rogersville. They have a bunch of land, farm, yeah. you know, all that. Um, have you gotten to introduce him to... Every, I mean, over three years, I'm sure you have, but I'd love to hear that from your perspective. So my parents live in Virginia, and um, he hasn't met my parents yet, but he has met just about all of my brothers and sisters here in Knoxville. I have two, uh, two younger brothers and a younger sister who live here, and he's met, I believe, them all. Um, we haven't hung out, and that's actually something I've been thinking about, and I really want to make a concerted effort in is uh, bring him around 
the family a lot more because um, I haven't really done that a whole lot. So yet that is something as he uh, as he progresses through high school and as he continues to mature, I'm gonna keep bringing him in my family too for sure. Yeah, I just imagine. I think it would be if it could go well. It'd be really powerful. If, you know, it's like, hey, listen, we, yeah, you know, this is my family, and we love each other. Yeah. And he would might be thinking like, and I'm the outsider. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying, and we love you too, like you're, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. you're with us, you know, you're kind of us. deal. And and uh, that would be so, you know, it would be powerful if somebody did that with me. Yeah, man. You know, and uh, yeah. So yeah, man, and I want him to experience that because we have a great time together. I mean. It's like the Dooleys know how to have, know how to have a good time together. Yeah. So we talk about wanting to have your parents that's on right. here. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did you raise yeah. such incredible children? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that would be an interesting podcast. You might you might get more than you bargained for. That's why it would be fun. I'll tell you this. I've never, I was just thinking before you got here, I was like, I've never met a bad Dewey. <laughs> and I've even met other Deweys. And uh, that's so funny. there was a guy at a Carlotta workout that, um, his dad <laughs> wasn't even related to us, but it's like, not even related to you. <laughs> and man, he was a POW in uh, like the Korean War, I think. Wow. And uh, he was there, a POW, and he was there when, uh, or maybe it was World War Two, or when I think Japan surrendered. Yeah. And uh, he was cool. he was in the room, you know, and when that. So I was just what? like, I was like, you Deweys are all incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Every so, single one of y'all. Yeah, mm-hmm. So he, uh, you're kind. A man among men, but you're kind. Well, JP, do you have anything else that you think would be just like one last little golden nugget that you'd want to leave us with talking about mentoring or Amachi um, or reclaiming yeah. families? Anything that you think would just be one good last? I, you know, this is all possible because of my relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, it really does come back to Jesus. If um, if he's not the cornerstone in what I'm doing, um, then I'm dead wrong. Okay. And um, and so the love that I experience from him and the peace and security and joy that I receive from his spirit is something that's too good to keep inside of me. It's something that I want others to experience too, and I want Stephen to experience that. And so my biggest prayer for him is that he learns what it means to love Jesus with all his heart, soul, mind, body, and strength, and um, and to love his neighbor as himself, you know, the golden rule. And... Um, and that's a lofty thing to hope for. And I think it's so, it's like, it's so lofty that it's impossible for J.P. Dooley without the help of the Holy Spirit to do it. That's good. It's just so, such a lofty goal to have that unless Jesus intervenes um, and works, then, you know, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. And so... And so I love him a whole lot. I love him. 
and I view him as a little brother. And because I love him, I want him to experience the same love and, um, yeah, and just all of those things that I have in my heart and in my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's cool. So, I mean, really you're saying the gospel empowers you. Like, That's right. I always like to think of it as like, the, like when you receive so much grace and love, it's like a superpower mm. where you can like go forward and give it. So And do hard things. Yeah. Uh, take responsibility, yeah. embrace hard things, and, yeah. and be I persevere through them. Yeah. And like I said before, it's not rocket science. It's really not. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I am the least qualified person to talk about any of this stuff, and yet um, somehow Stephen is still with me and still wants to spend time with me, and I want to spend time with him, and I haven't destroyed the relationship. You know, it's like, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not a. It's, what am I trying to say? <laughs> yeah. You're just like, go do it. You know, like, yeah. You know, if if yeah. you feel like yeah. it's what, you know, like, yeah, go do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to say that I'm nothing special. I'm yeah. nothing special. I'm just a regular dude. That's good. Regular dude. <laughs> That's cool. All right. Yeah. Well, if any of you all are interested in, in the Knoxville area and being a mentor with Amachi, um, you can look up the Knoxville Leadership Foundation. Uh, yeah. Okay. And, and there's like a tab on there, Amachi. Yep. You can click on there, get all kinds of details. Yep. You can also direct message us um, on our website or Instagram, and we can get you connected with the right people. So that'd be pretty great if someone wanted to become a mentor after hearing JP talk about his yeah. uh, relationship. So it sounds great. We uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. Thank you for listening to Reclaiming Families. Check us out at reclaimingfamilies.org where you can find our latest podcasts, blogs, news, and events. We look forward to seeing you all next time.